Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, the latest Saskatchewan Agriculture Crop Report has been released. Crops are advancing rapidly due to hot, dry weather. Later, we also have a crop report from neighboring Manitoba. The crop year ends tomorrow, and we talk to the Western Grain Elevator Association about grain movement this crop year. There's a chat with the crop extension specialist in Swift Current on fields in the southwest, and the Environmental Society wants a study of the proposed multi-billion dollar Lake Diefenbaker irrigation project. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. Crops are developing rapidly across Saskatchewan with this week's hot, dry weather. Provincial Extension Crop Specialist Sarah Tetland says rainfall varied from a trace this past week to 50 millimeters or 2 inches around Indian Head and Neilberg. Yeah, with it being quite warm this past week, crops have been progressing rapidly and really starting to develop the last week or so with those warm temperatures. Most of the crops throughout the province are in fair to excellent condition. And most of the crops are at their normal development stage for this time of year. But with that recent heat, any crops that were maybe a little bit behind have started to catch up as well. Are crops starting to ripen? So some crops have been starting to ripen, particularly more in the southern and in the central regions. So especially the winter cereals that usually mature earlier because they're seeded uh, the past year, they have started to ripen. And some of those earlier seeded crops have also started to show that they are maturing. So farmers are thinking that they will be starting harvest um, more so in the southern regions within the next couple of weeks and are planning to start desiccating pulse crops in the next couple of weeks as well. Well, it is the crop rating. So the crops provincially are currently rated in fair to excellent condition. And uh, some crops, particularly spring cereals, canola, field peas, and soybeans, actually have more of a fair to excellent uh, condition rating. So for the most part, crops are looking pretty good out there. Any rainfall this past week? Most of the province didn't receive high amounts of rainfall this last week. There was scattered rain showers throughout most regions of the province, though. When we look at the highest amount of precipitation, areas around Indian Head and also around Neilberg, they received the most amount of rainfall, and that was with 50 millimeters, so about two inches. What were the main causes of crop damage this past week? Most of the crop damage this past week was due to strong winds, lack of moisture, 
localized flooding and hail, and that kind of varies depending on the region. More farmers in the southern and east central regions noted that they have started seeing symptoms due to that lack of moisture, and there also was localized flooding reported, uh, mostly in the northwest and parts of the west central regions. Any problem with plant diseases and insects? So more farmers have reported that they are seeing grasshoppers out in the field and they have been spraying for them. There have also been some diseases reported as well. So it kind of depends on the crop and the region. It's more so in those areas where they have been continuously receiving a little bit of rainfall. So farmers have been reporting root rots, ascochyta blight, uh, sclerotinia in canola, and as well as fusium head blight in those cereal crops. So there has been some spraying done. A lot of farmers have indicated that they have kind of finished spraying for those diseases, but for, it's for surely something that they're still looking out there in their field for. What's the topsoil moisture rating this week? So the topsoil moisture rating is currently kind of gone down this past week just with that reduction in rainfall. Particularly the southern and east central regions have gotten a little bit drier and the northern regions have actually kind of benefited from that reduction in rainfall. There was a lot of surplus moisture in those areas so more of their land is actually rated as adequate instead of being surplus. So provincially cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 2% surplus, 71% adequate, 22% short and 5% very short. And then the hay and pasture land topsoil moisture is rated as 1% surplus, 63% adequate, 25% short and 11% very short. Provincial Crop Extension Specialist Sarah Tetlin compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Org. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by Salford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. Grain shipments are moving at a fast pace. The crop year ends tomorrow. The executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association, Wade Sobkowicz, says the first half of the crop year saw delays, but there has been a significant recovery in grain exports. There are really two parts to the crop year from a grain movement point of view. There was um, there was the first part, which uh, where we're dealing with a harvest that was later than usual so we started out a little bit behind in shipping and then we had to deal with some uh, washout situations on the CN line in particular um, and, and then of course we had the blockades this year which uh, really held back grain shipping so uh, but from, from the point at which harvest was in until about the end of February grain shipping was severely delayed um, but once we got into March and the blockades ended, um, we started shipping uh, more grain than we ever have between March and, 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 and the end of July. Um, and that in part is due to um, a reduction in shipping in other sectors. So whereas in if you'd asked me that question in the, in the beginning part of the year, I would have said we were going to have a major carryout at the end of the crop year because of all of the problems that we had. Um, now we're looking at having a normal carryout uh, because we were able to make up that shipping um, due to available rail capacity and, and having grain that was ready to go and, and wanted to get 
into uh, port position to meet sales that were already uh, on the books and, and vessels that were waiting for for that grain to arrive. So. Uh, we incurred some significant costs earlier on in the year, and uh, but but in the last part of the year, uh, we, we've been able to uh, been able to keep uh, keep strong sales programs on and execute on those sales. So, um, on average, I suppose when you're looking at the entire crop year, uh, we end up in a in a decent place. Do you think COVID nineteen helped because the railroads had less other traffic and they could focus on grain more? You know, you never want to think about. COVID-19 in a positive way, <laughs> uh, because, you know, COVID-19 is, is anything but positive. But yes, it had that effect on grain shipping, that, uh, that because there was a downturn in, in, in demand, in oil and gas, in forest products, in container shipping, you know, that, that capacity was available uh, for grain. So it had that effect. And, and, it, and it actually points out it, uh, something we've been saying for a long time, and that is that when we look at the supply and demand and market forces, as it, as it applies to Canadian grain shipments, we really aren't subject to the same forces in the same way as other sectors because, uh, you know, other sectors, they, they, when, when there is a reduction in demand for their product, they can turn back the taps on production and, um, and scale back on their shipping. And for the grain sector, it's actually the opposite. When, when, when prices for uh, grain uh, go down, farmers tend to want to grow more. And so then we, you know, they look for ways to produce more. And, and then, you know, we're actually looking at a, at a higher shipping volume uh, scenario from, from a volume perspective. So the Canadian grain industry is very much production-based when it comes to volume, uh, the volume of grain we need to ship as opposed to uh, the forces of market demand. And then it just becomes a factor of where we're shipping and at what price. But, you know, we need to move that crop because we're expecting another one to come in and we need to make space for it. And, and you know, the, the COVID-19 situation really highlights the, uh, those differences between the grain sector and, and other sectors. Wade, what's the outlook for moving this fall's harvest to market? The crop itself is looking really good, so that's a, that's a positive. O- overall, there are some spots where it's not looking as good as others, but generally speaking across the prairies, um, the, the, the harvest is looking good. So we may be looking at, a, at another uh, high, uh, high tonnage situation, uh, and that's, that's a very positive thing. What, what it'll depend on is what sort of rail capacity um, the railways have planned for grain um, in the upcoming year, and uh, how quickly um, other sectors are going to be increasing demand for uh, rail shipping. So, um, it, 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 but if we, if, if if the railways maintain the current capacity for grain that they have right now, you know, it's looking pretty positive, and we're fairly optimistic. But there are some factors outside of our control, such as um, a rail capacity for grain and such as recovery uh, uh, in, in other sectors. Wade Sobkwich is the executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. 
Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Today's guest is Arlen Suderman of Stone X. Okay, so let's jump into the markets, Arlen. Um, you know, we can't go very far in the meat markets or the grain markets without talking about China. Um, yeah. In some ways, they're like the ideal customer. So much demand, a growing middle class, so much opportunity for us as exporters, the U.S. and in Canada. But man, it, it, it has been difficult to do business with them. Is this, is, this, is this kind of something that sets in for the long term? It, it is. And let's keep in mind that uh, the Communist Party of China uh, is, has different objectives than what we do in the United States or Canada. And uh, they have very strong stated goals of, num- num- of wanting to be number one economically in the world and number one militarily in the world. They see those two as closely intertwined. You can't have one without the other. And the U.S. is obviously its biggest foe from that standpoint. The United States is the biggest economy in the world. So it's China's objective to take over that number one spot. It bought commodities from us because it needed to, but it was slowly moving and diversifying to other countries, uh, which is good for Canada, Australia, Brazil, etc. Um, but becoming dependent upon China also has its price to pay because China doesn't want to be dependent on any country. We'll try to make you dependent upon them and then start to manipulate you to do business the way they want you to do business to serve their needs. And so it uh, was natural that the United States and China would eventually get to a point of conflict. That has happened. The question is, where does that go from here? From a historical perspective, anytime through history you've had two world superpowers that got to this point, there was a war to settle it. Kind of the big exception was when the uh, former Soviet Union was broken apart and crumbled, and that was largely a, a battle fought between the United States and the West and the former Soviet Union without ever uh, shooting, firing a gun uh, economically. And so China studied that and took a different approach with its One Belt, One Road initiative to invest in infrastructure in countries around the world that would make those countries dependent upon them, make it very difficult then uh, for the West to try to manipulate it economically and bring it to its demise. So they, they've got a great strategy, but it does create some problems. A lot of people to feed. Uh, they need us but uh, in the West, but also they're trying to wean themselves off as well. And, and the, kind of the weird part as of late has been the worse the relationship seems to get, at least the talking back and forth between yeah. the U.S. and China, the worse that gets, the more products they seem to be buying. Is this just a moment in time? Like this is, uh, they're just, they're stocking up? Are they, are they fixing those long-term reserves that they've been depleting because of ASF or stuff like that? Like where, where do you, where do you sit? Can you explain this? Yeah, there's a lot involved in there, and I have to give credit to a couple of my Chinese employees who who have a, a really in-depth understanding of the Communist Party in China and how it thinks and, and responds to really getting an understanding of them. And they had the hardliners and the reformers, and the reformers really had the upper hand for quite some time. The, the party is made up really of a leadership circle of about 400 uh, within that is a smaller circle of about uh, 50, and within that, a group of seven. And President Xi Jinping is one of those seven. Um, 
And for a while, the reformers were, let's get rid of our large reserves. They're really too expensive to maintain. Let's depend on world trade. And then you have to throw in coronavirus. When coronavirus hit China, it really disrupted their supply chains. And they had some shortages. And that really gave the upper hand then to the hardliners who want to maintain those reserves so they're never dependent upon anybody. And so that backdrop, they needed that. From the standpoint of trade, they really didn't want a trade agreement with us. We've done some small capital control measures, but not significant. That gave us the phase one. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, partly cloudy sky today. Risk of a thunderstorm late this afternoon. Wind northwest 20, the high today 32, the low 17. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. Wind north 20, the high 27, the low 12. Saturday, sunny, the high 26, the low 12. Sunday, sunny, the high 26, the low 13. Monday, sunny, the high 27, the low 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 28, the low 14. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 25. Normal high is 26, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 524 this morning. It sets at 846 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the southwest corner at Val-Marie, 33 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, 18. Estevan is 31. Saskatoon, 29. Swift Current, 28. Weyburn, 31. Yorkton is 30. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's 28. That's 82 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southwest at 18. Humidity, 68%. The bummer rising, 101.6. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 31 degrees. Winds are from the west-northwest, 22, gusting to 33. Once again, Regina, sunny and 28. That's 82 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And also brought to you by SMHI, operated by farmers for farmers. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. Some crops in the southwest are starting to ripen. The Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current, Shannon Chant, says harvest is still several weeks away. She says many crops will advance quickly with this week's hot, dry weather. Not too bad. Um, there are some issues that are showing up in some of the pulse crops. Um, I've seen root rot in, in peas in a few different places, and there's some anthracnose in lentils. So a few things to be on the watch for, but it is fairly variable. You can even see fields close together that one's affected and, and one isn't. So we're seeing a bit of that with disease surveying. Um, there are some winter cereals that are pretty close to maturity. So uh, with the heat especially, everything is kind of maturing fairly quickly. So, And there are some peas as well that are kind of maturing. I don't think they're quite ready to harvest yet, but they're they're getting there for sure. What are your thoughts on production, above or below average? 
Um, we have had good moisture this year, so in areas that haven't had issues from disease, possibly, um, potentially fairly good. Um, but, you know, it is fairly variable out there, so kind of hard to say. Have you had much hail in the southwest? It's been pretty isolated. There's been a few places, um, like there was the the hail and some tornadoes a little while ago, kind of in the Assiniboia area and over by Kincaid. So in that area, there has been some hail, and it's been spotty. There has been hail here and there. Usually the southwest is where combining start in Saskatchewan. How soon do you think the combines will be in the field? Uh, for the winter cereals, I'm guessing pretty quick in the next couple weeks, um, if I would say, and possibly some peas as well. Any problem with insects? I haven't seen uh, too much for insects. There was one lentil field I was in yesterday that had a fair number of aphids, but looking at the plants, they didn't seem to be doing a whole lot of damage. So it's been a good year for moisture in the southwest. Yeah, not too bad. Kind of about average, which is good. It's been a couple of dry years um, in a row. So it's kind of nice to have some moisture and be closer to, to normal conditions. Shannon Chant is the Crops Extension Specialist in Swift Current. The Saskatchewan Environmental Society is calling for an environmental assessment of the $4 billion irrigation plan announced by the province. Earlier this month, it would irrigate 500,000 acres of land from Lake Diefenbaker, doubling the amount of irrigable land in the province. Water Resources Engineer and Environmental Society spokesperson Bob Halliday says the group has economic, public policy and environmental concerns with the project. He suggests the infrastructure is already there through the original Lake Diefenbaker project. He adds that there could be an economic impact to SAS power with lower flows, meaning less hydroelectric power. To answer all the questions, the Environmental Society would like a comprehensive environmental impact assessment with the terms of reference established through public consultation. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Crops in Manitoba are advancing rapidly with the onset of hot, dry weather. Manitoba Agriculture Crop Industry Development Manager Anastasia Kubinek says crops are showing signs of ripening. With the heat that we've had in the past couple days and the rain, uh, the crop is advancing quite quickly. Um, the winter cereals are getting closer to harvest. We're looking at hard dough and then dropping moisture within the kernels. Spring cereals mostly are at soft dough. Some of the earliest fields are at hard dough. Um, things are starting to turn quite quickly in this past week. Kubinak says there wasn't much rain in Manitoba in the past week. For both the southwest and the northwest, there was some scattered uh, thunder showers, but really did not amount to too much. There was a couple of cells, specifically in the Glenbro and Shiloh area, that did also have high winds, as well as some hail. But for the most part... Um, it wasn't too bad. There are some areas in the northwest, though, that are quite saturated. For example, the paw has been saturated throughout most of the past season, so they are still struggling with excess amounts of moisture, whereas other areas are, are adequate for soil moisture and some are getting a little bit dry. Cuban X is some insect pests are causing crop damage. Right now, what we're seeing across the province is grasshopper populations, and producers are watching for those to make sure 
uh, that they aren't getting above thresholds where they need to do an application of an insecticide to control them. Uh, in cereals, they're also looking for armyworms, and that has been kind of in pockets, uh, just to make sure that those numbers are not increasing to the point where they're causing uh, a major amount of crop damage. For some of our canola pests, such as Bertha armyworm and diamondback moth, our trapping is underway. We're sitting at what we call uncertain risk for Bertha armyworms based on trap count numbers. So producers are encouraged to watch canola as well for Bertha armyworm larva, as well as some of the diamondback larva. And as for crop diseases? Right now, the big thing that we've just started looking for is uh, fusarium infected kernels in heads. And we're starting to see that now because the crop is starting advancing to harvest. We do see a little bit in wheat. We are seeing a little bit in barley as well. And that is kind of a indication that we had really high risk at the time of flowering. Many producers did put a fungicide application on to suppress the fusarium development, but the heads don't always flower all at the same time, so producers may start to see a little bit of infection within their fields. And we really do encourage producers to go out and assess whether or not um, that management practice that they did with a fungicide was worthwhile, was a well-timed, and to learn from that for the next couple of years. Cubanex's haying is continuing. So the warm weather and somewhat drier weather in areas has allowed producers to get their hay bailed up. Yields are looking to be average to above average. Um, the drier conditions has also helped some pastures to dry up, making it a bit easier for cattle to get into. Uh, in some areas, though, where they did receive rainfall, uh, producers are delayed in waiting for that um, hay to dry before they can get it bailed. Anastasia Kubinek is a crop industry development manager with Manitoba Agriculture. Hey. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices had limited movement in early trading today. Viterra's prices for number one red spring wheat gained 221 at 222.23. The rest were unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 195.70. Canola 447.78. Flax 532.85. Lentils 582 dollars 50 cents. Oats 183.16. Yellow peas, 239.02. And feed wheat, 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is down a quarter cent at 510, three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integritire dealers. Now the latest Livestock Quotations. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 28th. We only had a couple hundred head at our last sale. 
D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.85 to $0.95. D3 cows sold from $0.75 to $0.85. Counter cows sold from $0.65 to $0.75. Heiferette sold from $1.05 to $1.15. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.18 to $1.28. There weren't enough steers and heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,000 hogs Wednesday, selling a range of 129 to 156 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,500 head, selling in a range of 127 to 154 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 17 to 23 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was up 7 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3360. Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.45 cents US. US daily cash reference markets are mixed, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt region 48 cents lower and the national base 67 cents higher, while the cutout reference market was down $1.35 US 100 weight relative to the previous day. Today's cutout base reference moved lower relative to the national base due to weakness showing up in the value of the pork cutout. This has been anticipated as plant throughput starts to return to normal and pork scarcity on the meat side subsides. Lean hog futures are trading lower this morning on the heels of a lackluster weekly export sales report. Physical deliveries were down 12% relative to the previous week, but still 55% higher than the five-year average, which has been relatively stable since the middle of May. New commitments were 24% higher than a week ago, but in line with the trend established in early June, and seesawing around the low to high 30,000 metric ton mark week over week, also since early June. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at CombineLotto.com. Cameco Cigar Lake Mine, shut down in March because of COVID-19, will reopen in September. CEO Tim Gitzel says it's good for Cameco from a financial perspective, from a risk management perspective, and it's good for northern Saskatchewan. He says some communities in the north depend on the mine for employment, business development, and community investment. The Uranium Mining Company will actively monitor the public health situation and will take a measured approach with all of its restart activities. Gitzel says shutting down the mine added an additional $37 million to the expenses side of the budget. Chemico's second quarter report shows an adjusted net loss of $65 million and revenue increased 35% in the second quarter compared to the same time period last year for a total of $525 million. The CEO says another positive note is that the Federal Court of Appeal decided unanimously in their favor in a dispute with the Canada Revenue Agency. That means Cameco is expecting $45.5 million plus interest for the tax years 2003, 2005 and 2006 and $10.5 million for legal fees and up to $17.9 million for disbursements. North American stock markets plunged in late morning trading on a record 32.9% drop in the U.S. gross domestic product in the second quarter. The TSX Composite Index was down 203 points at 16,091 in a broad-based decline led by the energy and material sectors. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 433 points at 26,106. 
The Canadian dollar traded for 74.35 cents U.S. compared with 74.85 on Wednesday. The September crude oil contract was down $1.97 at $39.30 per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.